2: You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the show, guys. What up, everybody? It's Rob Brandt.
3: And it's Rick Brant, And we
2: are the Brothers Brandt. And we are coming to you live for episode three. This is called The Field of Dreams. If you build it, the branch will come. Ooh, I like the name of that. Oh yeah, it's got a a nice ring to it. This is a very special episode. We're going to get into it in a second. I just want to recap our last episode in Wisconsin. We were in Milwaukee with Craig Pignatero, younger brother of Bobby Pignatero from back home, and we had an absolute blast. He was the MVP for the three days we were there. We saw the Brewers win. We saw the Packers win. So we're 4-0. And now we're on our way to a little place called Dyersville, Iowa. And I'm going to hand this part of the episode off to Rick to talk about our drive out there because it was a special moment for Rick. You can take it away.
3: Well, getting to Dyersville, Iowa was certainly special. The actual field itself is amazing, but the trip there, the three-hour journey from cornfield to cornfield wasn't normally that special, but in this particular instance, it was very memorable because out of nowhere, while I will admit, driving a little bit above the speed limit, which is easy to do out there, you've got your pedal to the metal, you uh, are just cruising, no lefts, no rights, you're just driving in one direction the whole time, It turns out that uh, apparently they do have every once in a while a trooper stationed on the main highway there. I didn't see him. And next thing you knew, he was right on our tail. And I said out loud, if I recall correctly, ah, shit, here we go.
2: And so I pulled off. Not the way we wanted to start the day.
3: No, (laughs) no. This was early on. This was 7 a.m., making our way out towards Dyersville. And boom, nabbed, pulled right over. This guy, he gets out of his car, I kid you not, he was looking as badass as any state trooper has ever looked. He's got the the full brim hat, he's got the, the boots, the whole outfit, he's just looking badass, if you know what I mean. He's rocking aviators. Yeah, exactly, the whole deal. And I see him coming up in my rear view mirror and I'm saying, oh, this is not good, this is not good. And he comes over, and I can just picture it right now, and I'm sure you can too. You're driving. You got somebody sitting in the passenger seat. And then this this trooper, I actually don't make any eye contact with him, not because of the aviators, but at no point did he lower his head down into the window area where Rob would be looking out out of the right side. He has this voice, and he puts his hand out, and even before he says, Guys, I need a license and registration. You know, your typical start of the uh, whole ticket process. He says, what are you guys doing out here? I see the jersey plates. And that's where Rob made an MVP move by grabbing on the dashboard our itinerary. What most people don't know, unless you've been on our trips, which nobody really has except for us, I take the time to pull out all the details. I print them up. I put together this minute by minute itinerary. It's a half an inch thick. I laminate it at Staples. Shout out to Staples, your local supply store. And then I three ring bind it. And now here I am. I've got the whole itinerary sitting up on our dashboard. We're on page five or six of it at this point. And the gentleman asks, Rick, where are you? Let me poke in there. Let me poke in there. You got our bathroom breaks.
2: Lined up in there. You got 15 minute bathroom breaks locked into this thing.
3: And you have to. And ha- you have to. One, because you drink a tremendous amount of water, which is a good, healthy thing. But, you know, when you're doing this type of road trip, 10 games in 10 days, things are so tight. And there's a, such an appreciation for details that. You have to be. And so I take the time to do that. It's proved to be successful throughout all of our journeys. And I will continue to do those itineraries. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. All right. C- continue, nonetheless, continue,
3: nonetheless. continue. So the gentleman, the trooper, he says, Where are you heading? I see the jersey plates. What are you doing out here? And at that point, Rob snatches this itinerary off the dashboard. He hands it to this trooper who's standing outside. And here I am, virtually shitting my pants. And I see him, I see him, I'm not even really wanting to look all the way and turn my, rotate my neck the full way, but here I am kind of just peering out the corner of my eye and I see him flipping through this itinerary page by page and he's taking time to actually, it looks like, maybe actually read some of the details. And he goes through it page by page, which takes a minute or so, and then he lowers his head. And during this entire silence neither Rob nor I said a thing, He lowers his head into the window. I now can see him. He removes the haters. We've locked eyes. And he says, hey, you guys think I could come with you? This looks awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So true. I just got so relieved. Uh, I felt like the weight of the world was off my shoulders. And uh, at that point, he hands Rob back the itinerary. The itinerary gets put back onto the dashboard. And then he does one of those taps, you know, on the, on the roof of the car. He says, do me a favor, guys. Just slow down a little bit, would you? <laughs> and he, he Dude, said, that nice we were on our way, and it was magical. And I knew from then on, we always had to have itineraries, if for nothing else, to get out of jail free.
2: Get out of jail free card right there. I will say that, you know, when you go to different parts of the country, like I mentioned before, people just generally seem to be nicer than the Northeast. And like, I think on that trip, we saw state troopers pulling over and changing tires for people out in Iowa and Illinois. And, you know, if you're pulled over the side of the road and your tires blown in New Jersey, I think a state trooper is going to give you a couple of tickets. That's a fact.
3: That's a fact. Good memory on that, Rob. And I will say and second that, that you're right. Everybody out there, troopers included, as we saw out in Michigan, the Akron troopers as well, all very kind. And just a fun memory there on our way out to Dyersville. But I don't want that to be the precipice for this story. This this is a special,
2: this is the special episode. This is what created the road trip. Let's get on with it. So Rick, this is going to be your coming out party. You're going to be diving into details about your past, about your baseball, your one true love. So, tell the listeners a little bit about The Field of Dreams, the movie, and the place, and then we'll get into your background.
3: Sure, sure. So, nonetheless, I'm a fanatic of baseball. It's my favorite movie of all time, The Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner. I mean, it's just a special, special movie. If you haven't seen it, take the time out to watch it, especially during these times where we're all cooped up it's a it's a great watch and it actually has some good baseball historic info in it and it all is basically built around the 1919 Chicago White Sox who to this day are known as the Chicago Black Sox because unfortunately they got wrapped up in a scandal back in the 1919 season during the World Series where they were bribed to throw the World Series. They intentionally lost the World Series in 1919 because they thought they could make a few extra dollars from a couple people that were gambling and wagering on the World Series. A lot of mobsters and gangsters. So that's kind of like the, the background to it. And then this movie comes out and it has to do with those players from that 1919 World Series that were banned. They were later caught. To have been found of intentionally throwing the World Series, and Major League Baseball banned them forever from playing Major League Baseball. And it broke their hearts, specifically one player, Shoeless Joe Jackson, who, although he was a part of this conspiracy, never was actually proven to have received any money. He played very hard during the World Series, and his stats would indicate that he isn't trying to throw the World Series. He hit a lot of home runs. His defense was fantastic. He batted like 400. But nonetheless, this baseball player was banned for life. And so this movie comes out about how these players, they call it not heaven, but it's out in Iowa where this this cornfield owner cuts down his cornfield and he makes a baseball field. And we always kind of wondered – Did it really exist? And it turned out after we did some research online, the movie site 20, 30 years later still existed. And we said to ourselves one day when we were watching the movie, we got to get out there. We got to check it out. We're not going to drive 13 hours just to see it and come back. So that's how we mixed in all these other sporting events. And here we are the morning of driving out to Dyersville, Iowa, through all the cornfields. And we roll in. And what would you have but exactly the movie scene that you're familiar with? Not one thing is different. It looks identical to the 1980s Field of Dreams movie starring Kevin Costner. It's got the White House. It's got the picket fence. It's got the ball field, the little stands where the girl falls and chokes on a hot dog, who then later is saved. It has everything. So perfect. and. We got there. There couldn't have been, I don't know, three or four other people tops.
2: Now, Rick, let me pause right here. Let me pause you and jump in. You explained the Field of Dreams. You explained a little bit about the White Sox, the Black Sox of 1919. Now, your background in baseball, give a little snapshot of that.
3: All right. Obsessed with baseball, not just having played it uh, throughout my whole childhood, but I've also umpired since I was about 12 years old. I've overseen umpiring programs. I've traveled actually one year. That year specifically was a special year because I went to the trifecta of baseball locations. Dyersville, Iowa, Williamsport, which is home to the Little League World Series in Pennsylvania, and Cooperstown, New York, which is home to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Those three baseball locations Are so fantastic. They should be grouped together, and baseball enthusiasts should at some point try to check out all three of those. Maybe not in one year, but make those stops definitely on road trips or travel plans because they're very special. So, being a baseball enthusiast myself, getting out to Dyersville, Iowa and throwing the ball around with my brother. We brought a bat, we were doing some batting practice. We walked out into the cornfields themselves and disappeared as the players did back in the movie. We sat up on the rocking chairs and the picnic benches. It was a really cool sight and I know I enjoyed it and you did too, Rob.
2: Yeah, that was a super cool experience. It was the reason for the trip and You know, anyone that's a baseball fan needs to go out there to check it out. And I mean, definitely while we're quarantined, everybody needs to watch the Field of Dreams. I'll rank it like top five, maybe top three favorite sports movies of all time. I will say it was very funny rolling up there because everything was identical to the movie, which was very cool. And you had other fans there we had other people there with us like there was probably about five to ten people and it's pretty much like a self-guided tour and you kind of do whatever you want and rick and i definitely uh you weren't supposed to go on the porch but we said we drove all the way from jersey so we're going to go on the porch and take a picture on the swing which is an iconic moment in the movie. So we got that picture underneath our belts. You know what was
3: cool, Rob, was that they had like a little donation box. You could leave if you wanted to leave five, ten bucks, whatever it was, 20 bucks. And it was just like, you know, you donate what you can and it helps support the operation of the venue. But what I think is really neat is how Major League Baseball, just in the last year or two, has latched on to this venue the same way they latched on to Williamsport home of the Little League World Series in Pennsylvania a couple years ago and started doing an annual game there. It's the same idea with their games in the Dominican Republic, now in London. And so what they saw was an opportunity, and I love it. I absolutely love it. They know how sentimental this place is. They know how special it is for the game of baseball. So what they're currently under construction with, is a stadium. They're building a baseball stadium that will meet MLB standards, playing conditions, dugouts, the whole bit. It'll only be about a 10,000-person seat stadium, so tickets will be limited. They'll make a ton of money off of it. And it's going to air, or at least it's supposed to air this summer, where the Chicago White Sox are going to host the New York Yankees in a baseball game there at the Field of Dreams. It's not going to be played in the cornfields, like this field is located, but it's going to be right alongside, which I think will be really cool, both for uh, the city of Dyersville from a tourist standpoint, and then just just maximizing uh, this, this venue for viewership and hopefully eventually for, like I said, tourism. I think it's going to go a long way in the game of baseball. It'll be interesting to see that partnership grow. I know they've been successful with other partnerships around the country and throughout the world. So I I really like that. And maybe someday we'll get back out there again, brother.
2: Definitely, definitely. And just that game, I mean, barring the coronavirus, is going to be scheduled for August 13th at 6 p.m. And it's called the Field of Dreams. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So really cool. I like that aspect of it. I want to talk about our experience like on the field because I don't think we're doing it justice with just, you know, a couple sentences there. What was so unique about us rolling up and there was about five, six, eight people there. Everybody was just taking pictures and they would just take pictures for a couple of minutes and then kind of just leave and that was it. They would drive all the way out there and take pictures. And it was the reason for our trip. So Rick and I took it a step further. We got our jerseys on. I'm a Mets fan. He's a Yankees fan. He's got his, he's got his Yankees jersey on. I got my Mets jersey on. Tino
3: Martinez and David Wright, if I recall.
2: Exactly, exactly. More to that, we brought baseball gloves and baseballs and a baseball bat. So we took our pictures around the field, and then I get on the mound. But I throw a nice five to ten pitches on the mound, and then Rick gets out there and throws five to ten pitches, really embracing it. It was quite an emotional time for Rick. It was like he was in heaven. And then we were shagging fly balls. We were, you know, I was pitching it to him. He was hitting uh, hitting grounders and pop-ups from home plate, which was really cool. And to end it, we were, we were shagging fly balls in the outfield. Rick was standing uh, above a, second, a little past second base in the diamond, and I was out by the cornfields and catching them up against the cornfields like, like an outfielder would against the wall. And I might have I bent a couple of cornfields or corn, corn stalks, I should say. But Rick had got a, little, got a hold of one and threw it a little too deep, and it actually went all the way into the cornfields. And I got a cannon, what can I say? Yeah, yes, he got, got a you got a rocket for an arm. Um, I was all, I was
3: all state. I could put it wherever I
2: wanted. <laughs> you were a good baseball player. You're very solid.
3: Better, better at football. Better at football.
2: Yeah. In the movie, the players always vanish into the cornfields for the night and then come back and Rick threw the ball into the cornfields and I almost went in there and I go, "You know what?" It's in a better place right now. And at this point, we've been there for two hours doing all this. So we decided to call it quits and let that ball reside in baseball heaven. Maybe this August, one of the Yankees or the White Sox will find that ball.
3: I agree cool cool uh cool thing you did there. A great experience. They do host some charity events, some youth uh, fundraisers out there every once in a while the place can be packed. We were there on a day when nobody was there. It was really just our own basically, which was really cool and yeah, the field of dreams it lived up to the hype, and then uh, our road trip continued we we stayed uh I think maybe close to around noontime we were like, all right. Let's head on down to Kansas City and let's keep this gravy train rolling. I know our next episode here is going to talk a little bit about our experience in Kansas City. And probably, Rob, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I really think that our host, the person we stayed with in Kansas City, was probably the most hilarious, the way everything came together. I mean, we had never met before. And here we were spending a couple days with him and his family. So... I'll leave that as a little cliffhanger, but what do you think? you think the people got something coming up in the next episode?
2: Yeah, the next episode. Stay ready for the next episode, you know what I'm saying? Hey. <laughs> I, uh, I definitely think so. Craig Pignatero crushed it in Milwaukee. And one of our favorite parts, guys, like we've said multiple times, is crashing with friends, friends of friends, family, you know. And it makes for a great story looking back on it. This is definitely one that's very funny. And we've continued to stay close friends with that family. And they get our Christmas card. So stay tuned for our next episode. Episode four, we'll be heading down to Kansas City, checking out some Royals games and
3: some shenanigans down there. All right, everybody. Well, it was good chatting today. Stay safe out there. Again, I'm Rick. And I'm Rob. And we're we're the, the Brothers Brandt. We're the Brothers Brandt.
2: Thanks for listening.